Well, it's good to be back. Um, for those of you who are uh, not who aren't normally here, um, we just got married a couple of weeks ago, um, and so we've been. Go- yeah. So got a little new bling. Uh, came back with a nice little ring on it. Um, so uh, she said, "I do. I will." So that's good. Uh, and so we're committed to one another. But we had a really wonderful few weeks away. Um, but it was it's great to be back and to be with you. Uh, especially on this day, uh, one of my favorite days of the year. I shared, um, there's a couple of pictures online on Facebook that we posted about the wedding, uh, but there was a video that we posted um, uh, that is the co-toast like at the wedding reception. Uh, Gabby's sister, Alessa, was her maid of honor. Uh, my best man, best man was my dad, uh, but my best friend, other than my dad, um, uh, they gave a co-toast. It's worth watching online. But I want to tell you a little bit about that guy. So his name's Dave. Dave is um, one of the weirdest people I know. He's my best friend, and I'm not going to dance around the fact that he's a little bit odd, a bit of an odd duck, um, but he's absolutely hysterical. And I want to tell you a little bit about his new obsession. Dave is um, obsessed with his worms. Um, Dave, just kind of an odd guy, right? Uh, Kind of an odd thing to start the sermon with. Um, but if you visit him in Chicago, it won't take you but maybe 30 minutes uh, before he's out on his back stoop of he and his wife's apartment showing you all of his worms that he has. Really a peculiar hobby um, and really just kind of a, an odd thing to, to be obsessed with, but it fits uh, the personality, quite frankly. And he does have a logic to it. Um, Dave, Dave is a composter. Um, so he so composting that practice of making your own soil by adding all of your food scraps and some stuff. His worms are the people that do the work, and he's very proud of his worms. He has tens of thousands of them in bins on his back patio. It's quite disgusting. But he, uh, but he these these worms work around the clock to make this soil. And Dave will boast without abandon that he has the best soil in all of Chicago. And he's got a pretty good case to be made. So Dave is now the Homeowners Association president, too, of his like little uh, kind of duplex. Um, there's eight different apartments that are there, um, so apartment building. And he's got this new garden that he's built. And the garden is, I mean, his front yard is about 20 by 20 feet. It's not much of anything at all. But in one corner, he's planted sunflowers. And in another corner, he has tomatoes. And then he's got peppers of every variety and herbs of every variety. And it's gorgeous. And I was there this summer. Gabby and I were both there. And uh, there was people that were stopping constantly because the sidewalk goes right past his garden, constantly looking and kind of leaning in and seeing the different types of herbs because in this concrete jungle of Chicago, his garden is the bright spot. And he makes jokes with the people who walk by and they ask him all different types of questions. But at the end of it, he says, in Chicago, where the earth is cold and the cement is solid, it's all about the soil. We're launching a new series um, during this season of Thanksgiving called Soil and Seed. Um, And I couldn't be more excited about it. Um, It's one I've been looking forward to for a long time. It might be my favorite sermon series of the year that we've had thus far because it comes at a time not just when we're celebrating like the abundance of Thanksgiving, like the feast, and, and I just start thinking about farming and a little bit more about agriculture. That's why I asked about your vegetable, favorite vegetable. But it also comes at a time when we as a community are in a great season of planting. 
In just two weeks, we're launching a new worship community on Saturday nights, and Colin Absher Bear and his team have been working to help launch that, and that will get started. And some of you may go over there with him and help to him to plant that, and that's okay. But all of us who are here, whether you go to First Table or stay here at First on Chatham, we're in a season of planting too. Because finally, after a couple of years of being somewhat at capacity, we have the ability for there to be more room to plant new seeds, to invite new people into relationship with Jesus Christ. In the coming weeks, we're going to look at a lot of different things, aspects of planting, all based on different things. Next week, we're going to look at what, what good seed is. And the next week, we'll look at good toil. And the next week, we'll look at good fruit. But today, on All Saints Sunday, we're going to start in a darker place, but a place where all of life begins. Good soil. This morning's text is one that you probably know, at least you know the story. Um, it it's, appears in all of the synoptic gospels, so it's told three times over in Scripture, all of them just slightly different. But this one we're going to look at comes from Luke. It's Luke 8, verses 4 through 8. Jesus is teaching to his disciples, and they ask him questions, and he comes up to this parable that you probably know and have heard before, the parable of the sower. So listen now for the word of God, Luke 8, 4 through 8. When a great crowd gathered and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell on the earth and was trampled on, and the birds in the air ate it up. Some fell on the rock, and as it grew, it withered for lack of moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil, and when it grew, it produced a hundredfold. As he said this, he called out, let anyone with ears to hear listen. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Will you pray with me? Oh God, your word is like a seed that is filled with the promise of new life. In this hour and in this time, might you sow that seed in our hearts and in our minds and in our lives, both today and in the coming months. Might we receive your word and tend to it and nurture it so that the fruit of your spirit may be evident in all that we say and all that we do. Oh, gracious God, fill us with your spirit and fill us with your life. In your son's name we pray. Amen. So Dave says it's all about the soil um, in Chicago, but you know we as Christians, actually, it's all about the soil for us too. We, we agree with him on that. At the very least, it's all about the dirt. Dirt has been a part of our lives since the very beginning of us as a people of faith. If you recall one of the creation accounts early on, God, when God created humanity, God formed us from dust. God took a handful of dirt The same particles that create us are the same particles all around us. They are are the same. We're made from the same thing that dirt's made from. We're made from the same thing that all of creation is made from. But the difference between us and other things is that God breathed life into this dirt. God breathed into old dust. God, as the song said, you made beautiful things. God made beautiful things from dust. And from this dirt... God's image was created. Dirt uh, doesn't just happen at the creation account. Dirt is a part of our story kind of throughout. 
Um, if you look at the different traditions or if you look at the stories of the Old Testament, you'll find that dirt is mentioned hundreds of times in the Old Testament. It's mentioned a hundred more times in the Gospels. Uh, dirt is a place of miracles. There's a story of Jesus who spits in just a little handful of dirt and then makes some mud and wipes it on the eyes of a blind man and allows him to see. Jesus tells us to kick the dirt off our feet when we're kind of going to a new place to kind of let that pass, go beyond it. Jesus writes in the dirt. He draws in the dirt just before he redeems somebody who's considered unredeemable dirt. It's all about the dirt for us. Dirt is just a part of who we are in our story with God. And, and Jesus knows that when he's teaching to these people who are listening to him. Jesus knows that dirt is a great image for people to cling on to because they're in Palestine and dirt is everywhere for as far as the eye can see. It's just waves and waves of kind of desert-like dirt in a lot of ways. And so he taps back into this image of dirt in this parable of the story, there's the dirt of the soil and the dirt that's just not able to receive seed. But this time, instead of just the dirt being about the place of miracles, he kind of invites us into this story and says, no, it's not going to be just God making miracles out of dirt. There's something different with this. It's not about the dirt. It's about the soil. There's a difference between dirt and soil. Uh, growing up in Johnson County, you learn that pretty quickly, um, uh, with friends who were farmers, Dirt is dead. There's no life in dirt. Dirt is just kind of the leftover byproduct of rocks and things that have dissolved over time. There is absolutely nothing alive about dirt at all. Picture an old dirt road or a dried up desert or a beaten down path. Uh, dirt, like the parable shows, is the place where if you throw seed on it, it's not going to come to life unless God intervenes. But soil, soil is very different. Soil is alive. Soil is more than dirt. Soil is, is filled with minerals and, and nutrients of all different types. In fact, farmers will quickly tell you, um, if you are around them long enough, they'll probably take up a handful of soil and hold it to you and say, there are more microorganisms in this handful of soil than there are people in the world. Billions of microorganisms live in just one handful of soil. Soil is alive. It's rich. Soil is the place where seeds can thrive, flourish. And the thing that makes soil different from dirt is actually just a couple of ingredients. If you were to take a soil sample, about half of it would be dirt itself. Soil comes from dirt. And about 45 more percent of it would be just this mix of water and air. But that last 5% of what soil actually is comes down to two things. There's organic matter that is living and working in the soil. It's, it's in Dave's situation, the thousands of worms that live there who kind of spread bacteria and kind of work to till the soil over time. They break down the, all the different minerals in there and leave it behind for there to be new life. But also in soil, there's dead organic matter. Organic matter that no longer lives. It might be a banana peel or a grass clipping or leftovers or dead bugs or whatever in your compost pile. But this is matter that for all of us has passed away. Matter that's no more alive and among us. But because it passed away, there's nutrients that we benefit from. There's a richness that we benefit from. 
the dead in a way fuel new life so that new generations might live. It's a really kind of fascinating phenomenon. Um, the, the poet and theologian and farmer Wendell Berry writes it this way, uh, described, um, he describes this scientific phenomenon, the way that soil works. He says, the soil is the great connector of our lives, the source and destination for all of us. It is the healer and restorer and resurrector by which disease passes into health, age passes into youth, death passes into life. Soil is the great connector. It's what connects us as human beings to life and death. And and, and dirt is not. Dirt's not connected. It's just dead. It's not a part of that cycle. But soil is a large part of this greater communion of all things living and all things dead. It's the place where the past and the present work together for the future. Uh, What I love about soil is that there's a couple of different stories. If you look at soil, it's almost like you can see the impression of what's once lived there. There's the story of the dead in the soil. You can get a sense of what has once lived in that area because they've left their mark. They've left their marks that new generations can sprout up. But also in soil, you can see the story of those, of the things that are living among it currently. You can see the worms, the the worms that move in and out. You can see the different microbes and how they're working on that soil as well. It's as if these two stories merge in soil to write a new story. So it is with the saints. There's a great cloud of witnesses that work together, those from the past and those from the present, that work on us, that work and enrich our lives in ways that we can recognize and we don't, but the thumbprints of those people who have gone before us are very much present. They've made us who we are. Because they lived and because, honestly, they passed away, we are much richer people. We are more fertile than we ever could be without them. And, but the people who are working our lives presently, currently tending to us and caring for us, they too have left their impression on us because they allow us to be the soil where God might do God's most incredible. On this All Saints Sunday, a day that can sometimes feel dark, I'm reminded of my favorite author, Barbara Brown Taylor. You've heard me mention And she writes about, kind of in reflection on All Saints Sunday, but also about all things in dark. She writes that all of life begins in the dark, whether it be a child in the womb of her mother or a seed in the dark of the soil of the earth. From places of darkness, new life comes. So this All Saints Sunday, when there's a tinge of darkness because we mourn those who we've lost, Today's also a reminder and a celebration of life that's yet to come. A celebration of who those people are, the saints among us and the saints before us, who have made us who we are called to be. Thanks be to God for those people who have poured so much of their lives into us so that we might be good soil. Without them, we'd be little more than dirt.